Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, partnered with Ascension, where we provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of y'all, all y'all, who are on the journey uh, with Jesus Christ as we are. My name is Sister Miriam James, and we are delighted once again to be back with you. We've missed all of you, and we've had so much fun just launching this new season and all the feedback we've gotten, and we've been laughing a lot already. So I just want to welcome, as always, my dear co-host, Heather Kim, who is texting right now, who should be paying attention to what I'm saying, and she had totally busted you. <laughs> She's texting. You know what I'm doing? I'm so busted. Ladies, have you ever been trying to tell somebody something and they're texting and they're not even paying attention? That's what's happening right now in real time. It, so there you go. Thanks I'm a lot. I'm going to get a fine. Heather. Texting and podcasting fine. There is no art of connection right here. Like, whatever. She is not connected to us. You know She's what I'm totally doing? Texting. Actually, I'm trying to find the link for my one thing. People, I'm oh, working. She's multitasking. She's <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, we're just going to let Heather text because that's what she's really doing. And she's posting on Instagram right now. Michelle, I'm sure you're much more attentive, even though you turned your video off, which probably means you two are. Am I the only one paying attention? Michelle, you're probably texting too, but tell us how you are. How are you going? How's it going, Michelle? I am not texting. I turned just turned my video on just so you could see that I'm not texting. Um, my internet connection is not good, which doesn't make sense. So I have to turn my video off. But I am good. I am double fisted drinking right now. I have a Lacroix in one hand and a coffee in the other. And hey, man, I am it's five set. o'clock somewhere. And I am set to go. Um, I used to make fun of Heather and Sister Miriam so much because of the the amount of sparkling water, flavored sparkling water they drank, mm-hmm. and then. I totally have mm-hmm. drank the Kool-Aid and gotten on board with it. And I like crave it when I don't yeah. have one every welcome day. Home. They're welcome awesome. Welcome home, Michelle. You're most welcome here. There's no judgment. You're just welcome <laughs> home. Welcome to the club, Michelle. I sent him a text of a picture of a LaCroix and it says, won't stop, can't stop. <laughs> so I've officially mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. addicted. Well, you know, we all have our, we all have our things. I, I too must confess, nobody can see this, but I have an empty can of just sounding sparkling black cherry water and then an empty liter and a half bottle of crystal geyser lime sparkling water. Like, but there's no problem here, people. There's no need for an intervention. Yeah. So yeah, okay. we, actually that was coming tomorrow. We're going to do our intervention tomorrow. <laughs> Heather, how are you, dear? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. I mean, things are in full swing. It's like right, you know, in the middle of school stuff and fun things and fundraisers and all the things, but it's great. Life is great. Feeling very blessed. Yeah. Excited about our topic today. Yes. Yeah. Especially about, you know, kind of where we're going, because I think, have we even hinted about this? Is this the first time we're going to talk about that we're about to launch a series on the four women doctors of the church? And so I've been telling people that, that I see in different events across the country. So, I mean, I don't know. Is this our first time really announcing this? Well, we'll have like a little, they'll probably have heard it before in a little short promo, but this is the official, you know. This is the official, official, yes. And so I just want to give a shout out to, I think Heather and I can both agree, Michelle, who has really birthed this whole thing. And this has been a desire in her heart for quite some time. And we'll we'll talk more about that maybe next week when we start the official, um, series, but I just want to give a shout out to Michelle for all the work she's done. I mean, as you know, she's prepared a beautiful journal for this journey with the women. And I, yeah, I love your heart, Michelle, and what you're doing to teach women how to pray, to lead women and who they are as, as daughters of the father. So I just want to give you a shout out. Thanks Thanks, guys. You make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I appreciate it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and sister, where can they find that journal again? They can find that journal um, at Meaningful Market, where Michelle's website. So I'm sure there'll be a link to that journal on our show notes and our show notes. So yeah, check it out. It's going to be gorgeous just to journey with us and kind of see where God is calling you to. And how do the four women doctors, I was just doing some more research on them when I was on a flight uh, home And so just, they're beautiful. I just love these women and they're so different. And I think it's such a great example to us who often feel like we have to be like each other or we get so jealous of each other at times. And I just love how the church has really opened the hearts to these women, uh, to us, to these women who are four vibrant, powerful, wonderful women who are all totally, completely different which is great. It is. And I think the amazing thing about each four of them and what we'll even be talking about today is they were women that prayed. Mm -hmm. They were women that um, God really sought after them and they responded back with such love and um, abandonment and surrender. They are not perfect. And I think that is the amazing thing. They are surrendered. And that's a big difference. Like God can Mm -hmm. do amazing and mighty Mm -hmm. things through those um, of us that just give them let it be done according to thy word, you know, like just really surrender things. And, uh, they took their spiritual life seriously, like their relationship with the Lord seriously, like that was their priority. Um, and because they just loved them, you know, they just loved them and it was personal. So what we're going to talk about today is really teach us how to pray. And people ask, um, they ask us all the time, like, how do you pray? And there's a million books on prayer. There's a million people that tell you how to pray. And at some point, you just have to do it, right? So what we're going to talk about is prayer, and we're actually going to just give you two uh, different forms of prayer. Like we said, there's many. There's many vocal prayer. There's meditative prayer. There's contemplative prayer. But we're just going to give you a couple just to either introduce you to something new if you have never done it before or deepen your love in these practices if you've done it before. But just to give you a tool, and you might want to grab onto just one of them this weekend and, and experience that. So we just want to talk about, first of all, like what is prayer? So if you go to the catechism, uh, the catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2559, just a very de- simple definition of prayer. Um, prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God, right? Or the requesting of good things in prayer. And St. Therese, one of our beautiful doctors of the church, is quoted as saying, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy, so prayer is our foundational relationship because it's with the one who created us. And so that's, we need to start, you know, put first things first. That's very important. So, um, Heather, you want us to talk a little bit about kind of teach us how to pray and, and where we're going to go today in this uh, episode. Yeah. The thing that I, I love about where we're going is that we're pushing beyond just, you know, doing our time, just putting in our time to pray, doing mm-hmm. what's maybe required or what we feel obligated to do. And, you know, I think especially when we're younger and early on, there's like a, okay, well, I'm trying to grow in a discipline and that's part of it. And we want to talk about those parts of like discipline and prayer because it is really important. Um, But eventually leading to a point where your heart just desires to be with the one you love, which is Christ. Amen. And, um, And it's time, it's relationship, and it's listening and speaking to to, uh, you know, somebody that you have a deep, intimate relationship with who's Christ. So that, yeah, that's kind of where we're going to go today, but also with some practical tools, you know, because that's really important. I think people are always wondering mm-hmm. that. I think that's the, the books that sell the most. That's always the question. How can I pray? What do I do? How do I connect with God? Mm-hmm. It, we all desire it. And sometimes I think we complicate it mm-hmm. more than it needs to be. So yeah, I'm excited to dive into this today. How about you, Michelle? 
Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that the three of us talk about a lot is, um, especially the season that the church is in, you know, with this scandal and what we've been through, okay, so what is our response? You know, we can say, okay, the church needs reform and it needs this and that, and but the church, need, first and foremost, it does need reform. It needs accountability. It needs a lot of uh, logical things, like, you know, very um, practical things that it needs to be restructured and reformed and changed. But first and foremost, the church needs to get holy. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a resurgence of holiness, you know, and personal holiness and a universal holiness. And that is what is going to revive and restore this church. And I was thinking about this when we were talking about even doing the study. And I think all three of us really feel this call, like, let's teach women how to pray and experience Christ in a personal way in this Catholic church. We want to see the bride of Christ restored mm-hmm. and renewed and redeemed. And I mean, it is like a fire in all three of our bellies, but we feel like it's not just the fire in our belly. We feel like it's a fire in a lot of women's bellies. Like, you know, there is a cry of our heart that mm-hmm. says, teach us to pray, Lord. And I was thinking about it when I was putting together this journal. I remember the first time I ever went to the Basilica in Washington, D.C., and you come up those big steps and you see those mm-hmm. universal call to holiness, mm, you know, written really mm-hmm. big on the top of the Basilica. And I remember mm-hmm. looking at that for the first time and thinking, oh my gosh, that's a call for me. Like, that's not just a call, like, for the statues and the saints that have gone before me. Like, that's a call for me. Like, that's the mothership calling me home, saying, you have a role in this holiness. You know, you have a role in this church. And, like, we'll be digging in with the four women doctors. Um, God is calling us to have a role in restoring this church. It's not just the saints of past or the speakers, like, that are really cool that wear a habit like Sister Miriam. God is calling each and every one of us to have a role, you know, to restore this church. And it comes down to personal holiness and personal prayer and learning to hear the voice of the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, learning to hear the shepherd and what are practical tools. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about two of those tools today, and they are both in the journal that is coming up. But, um, and I have to tell you, like, I do not really, spiritual disciplines are not my usual go-to because I like reading and I like poetry and I like things with imagination. So when my spiritual director is like, you need to incorporate some spiritual disciplines in your life, I'm like, uh, thanks, but no thanks, <laughs> you know, but these little tools and they're not, they're strong, but mighty. I mean, little, but mighty, you know, um, have really made a difference in my spiritual life because I feel like they're guard rails that keep me on this path that I need to be on, you know, and they give little strings so I can start to see the quilt, the big quilt and the big picture that God is trying to do in my life and the life of my family mm. and in the life of the church. Mm. So. Amen. Yeah. And we need that. And, you know, that's really the word we talked about that in one of our episodes on discipleship. I mean, the word discipline comes from discipleship. It means being taught your student. And so all of us need all of it. I mean, just, I, you know, you can think of anything in your life that you started out at first and you're not very good at it, you know, and you have to keep trying and you have to make it part of your life. And to be quite honest, you know, and I'm saying, I mean, I love what you're talking about, Michelle, about, you know, the reform of the church, because the reform of the church always starts with the reform of the interior life. I I mean, I mean, I'm very convicted about that. I have zero business. I have zero business standing on a stage telling people to convert and reform if I'm not doing that in my own life every day. I have zero, I need to just shut my mouth. I have zero business doing that. So it's something that, you know, God continues to do in our life. And I have to ask myself, like, what's, what's most important and what am I making time for? Because we will always make time for what's most important to us. We, that's just hands Mm. down. 
And I do have to admit at times, you know, that when certain things don't get done and yes, sometimes we're just strapped for time, but you know, many times it, cause it wasn't, well, it wasn't very important that day <laughs> as maybe as important as something else that I thought was more important. So mm-hmm. for us, we must, our time with God has got to be structured. It's got to be charted out and it's got to be something that is important to us, whether it feels like it's important or not, because ultimately that is the most important fun. That's our eternal relationship. We'll be in eternal relationship with one another, but it's only through Christ. So our relationship with God always has to come first. And I, I'm just, yeah. So I think it's true. Like this, we have to, we have to do that. Mm-hmm. Heather, what about you? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think we need to move from a place of, um, you know, like resistance or feeling like, ah, oh, this is just another task on our to-do list. It's just like another thing. It's boring. It's, you know, all of those things that we might have resistance to and just look at it again with fresh eyes. You know, I think Amen. always mm-hmm. in our prayer life, whether we're praying a lot or we're barely praying or not praying at all, you know, it's something that we need to pause and, and look at again and go, Lord, how can I draw close mm-hmm. to you? What do I need to change here? Am I just falling into patterns or whatever? And so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a good time to chat about it. Yeah. So let's jump in. Yeah, and we're just going to start small here. So that's that's always, you know, begin with the very first things, and it's always small. We're going to take some small steps. So the first kind of practice of prayer we're going to talk about today is something called Lexio Divina, which is one of my favorites, which is a Latin phrase for divine reading. Okay, so it's, it's a way of praying through the scriptures. And so, you know, as a person reads and invites, you know, the word of God to become, you know, this transforming lens that, you know, just brings them really deeply into the daily, into daily life with God. And it allows the scriptures, the word of God, the living word of God, which is living and effective to really give birth to new things in our life. So there's a couple, a few steps of Lexio Divina, which is reading the reading of the scripture, it's meditation, it's contemplation and it's prayer. And so one, I'm just going to go over it very quickly. And then we can talk about how we, the relationship that we each have with Lexio Divina. This is, like I said, it's one of my favorite things. It's something that we do every day in a community. And if we don't do it in a community, I do it on my own. And so I, take often the readings, the mass readings for the next day. So I, I don't usually ever go to mass anymore without having read the readings and chewed on them for quite some time, daily mass, Sunday mass, because it just changes the whole experience of the sacredness and the intimacy of the mass. And so, for example, you get the Magnificat. So if you're a Catholic or the word among us that has a script, or you can find them online, the readings for the next day, and just to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and and open our, illumine our hearts, and then just begin to read the readings. And sometimes I'll just even focus on the gospel. So just read the readings, you know, read it once and then, you know, read it twice and then read it three times and just kind of reflecting on, you know, what's, what's standing out for me, what really touches me. And then just to respond, you know, with a a word of God, just to, to go back to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, this is really speaking to me, or this is something that even if it's one word in the responsorial Psalm or the gospel acclamation, just allowing the, the, the word of God to find deep, like deep rest, to find deep passage within our souls and um, allowing God to speak through that. So that's something that's very simple. You know, psychologically speaking, your brain will continue to work and to work through whatever is the last thing that you look at or read before you go to sleep, which is very interesting. And so, you know, many times a lot of us are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter before we go to bed. And so that really is stewing around in our hearts the whole night. So one thing that I do is I have the readings for the next day be the last thing that I read or reflect on. And then in my morning time with the Lord, when I get up even before holy hour, which is me and coffee, 
coffee and, and the Lord, it's that it's the word of God. And then many times it'll jump off from there. It'll be like, okay, what, what's, what's going on here? Is there something troubling me? Is there something that I need to talk on? But it's really, it can be anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes to over an hour. So, uh, I know for me, Lexio Divina is really a great way to dive into the scriptures, to allow it to take deep, you know, deep root in my heart and soul and then to respond to God. So, Michelle, what about you? What is your experience with Lexio Divina? And you can kind of flush out anything that I you think that I missed there. Yeah, I love it. Lexio, I can never say the right word. Divina? Divina? Divina. Divina. <laughs> <laughs> totally bitch of the word, you know. And so totally bitch in the word. You know, it means like eyes of the heart or ear. I mean, it means ear of the heart. I'm, excuse me, ear of the heart. And I just mm-hmm. love that. It gives language to what is going on in our heart. And the scripture, God breath, God's breath word, like that breathes life back into our lives and it brings us life. And I remember the summer is when, um, my, I switched spiritual directors and he really challenged me to start using this practice. And I did, and I was having a really hard time with our, one of our children that we had, um, adopted and it, I was a wreck. Like you can ask sister and Heather. I was just, it was hard and I didn't know what to do. I was at, I was done with doing what I could in my own power. And the problem was, is I was doing everything in my own power and not allowing God Mm. to move. You know, Mm. I was trying to be savior. And instead of letting them actually have a savior in heaven, like I was trying to be savior here on earth. And so I remember so specifically, I opened up to Romans 8, 26, 27. And it says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit helps us intercede for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit mm-hmm. intercedes for God in accordance with the will of God. And this scripture, like I read it once and then I read it twice and it just was like a balm to my heart and to my soul. And it was mm-hmm. that re, I mean, I've always been a scripture girl, but it was like a second romance that had just started with me in scripture again, because it was like, I really needed it. It was like a wound. My heart was just breaking and I needed the word of God to be the bomb, like to heal it and to come mm. apart. Mm. And um, that has been my experience when I meditate and chew on the word and let it seep into my heart, like really become the ear of my heart. It's amazing how it does can transform your life, you know, and really mm. makes the, um, it says, you know, in Hebrews, think poor 12, the word is living and active. It works mm. like the word, like when it takes root in our heart, it works and it um, brings forth life. And, um, and it brings forth peace, um, so much peace. So Mm -hmm. Heather, what about Mm you? Well, I think the premise of Lexio Divina is that you're trusting that we have a God who wants to speak, Mm. you know, Yes. and and Mm. it it sort of flies in the face of sometimes our belief that God is far away and distant and doesn't care because we all experience that at times and, and feel that way, even though it's not true. And so it just presupposes that, yep, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to the voice of God because he wants to speak to me. Mm. And Father Mark Toops uh, once said something really beautiful, that God's gaze is always upon us. And it's like when we pause and look up, he's already looking at us. Amen. He's already waiting to engage with us. Mm-hmm. And and that's one thing that I love about this form of prayer is that it's like we're sitting down to pause and engage in the gaze of God and listen to his voice. Whereas we can't do that when we're in the car. Like I definitely pray throughout my day when I'm busy, mm-hmm. when I'm driving, when I'm cooking, you know, there's different, you know, relationship that I'm having with God and talking to him about things or ranting about something, whatever it might be at the moment. Moment. But this is different. This is quiet. This is stillness. Mm-hmm. And and it's a disposition of listening instead of ranting or, you know, 
just giving God whatever is on our heart in that particular way. And and there's definite place for this. You know, it's really, really important. And that's one of the things I love about this practice is that it causes me to pause and stop and listen and stop talking. And it's, and it's been really beautiful and very powerful as well. Things have leapt out of scripture that I've never heard before, even though I've read that scripture a thousand times. Yeah. So it's not oh, it's absolutely. not old. That's the point is that God is new and his word is new and his mercies are new every morning. Yeah. And there's something to be gained when God speaks. His word is living and active. And when we allow it, when we open our hearts for the word of God to pierce through, it does, you know, and it can reveal things to us that either... God wants to work on or heal, um, or it can also inspire and, and, um, you know, really be a comfort to us as well. So Mm -hmm. I I love this practice of Mm -hmm. prayer. It's incredibly beautiful, Mm -hmm. but I love it mostly because it's relationship. Yeah. And I love what sister said when she said preparing, because we have liturgy of the word and liturgy of the Eucharist in our mass celebrations, but we, a majority as Catholics, I think we all fault on the side of liturgy of the Eucharist, whereas liturgy of the word is the first part of mass. And it is just as equal in the both parts and preparing our hearts for mass. We're letting that word like sink in and take root and transformation happens. And when we start reading scripture, not just for information, but for transformation, like it's a total mind shift. It is the word of God is supposed to transform us. It is not just something like for information to know. It is mm-hmm. supposed to transform us into who we are meant to be, you know, and I love, you know, it says, that, you know, man is not supposed to live on bread alone. So we can totally carbo load on scripture. <laughs> <laughs> and even people who are on keto. Yeah. Even just. yeah, even people are gluten-free people. You can all carbo load on this and it but it is food for the journey. Like that oh, is it's what it's meant for. for. Yeah, yeah, it is totally food for this journey with us, food mm-hmm. for the soul. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's the the neat thing about this is that you don't have to just open up your Bible and just kind of see what where the Bible falls open to begin. Start with one of the gospels. You know, start with Mark, start with start with one of the gospels and start at the beginning and just take a chunk you know, a small chunk, a manageable chunk, and just read through it. Or you can start with one of Paul's letters or just one of the epistles. It's something short. You know, you don't have to just want to say that. It's not, just make it easy for yourself. It's just one step after the next. And then pretty soon you get through that letter. Then you get through that gospel. Then you go on to the next and just take some notes in your journal. So it's really a beautiful way. And it, what what that does as well, it kind of sets us up to... At the end of our at the end of our day, to all or even you know some people do it midday and the end of our day is to do another spiritual discipline, another spiritual practice, which we call the examine. And so many of us know that as the examination of conscience. Um, it could also be titled the examination of consciousness. What am I conscious of throughout the day? And at the end of the day, where do I see God's goodness? Where do I see where He was speaking to me? Were there were there parts of my day where my heart was away from God? Um, were there parts of my day where, where I really noticeably fell into sin? I mean, to sin is an old archery term, meaning to miss the mark. Did I totally miss the mark today in a certain way? And what does God want to say to me about that? And so we were talking before we started recording this episode. Uh, Michelle, you were saying, I love one of the nuances that you gave, and I think you're going to put it in the prayer journal about the lies we believe about God and the truths we believe. So can you talk a bit about that? Because I thought it was such a great illumination on something that we all struggle with every day. Yeah. And like I said before, I just been, Ignatian spirituality is new to me. Like I, we had done it when we were forming missionaries where we did an eight day Ignatian retreat and I've done the 
eight day meditations, but I have not done other parts of the spirituality. And I'm like, Hey, this year I'm like, where have they been all my life? These are really good. Um, and they were just powerful. But one thing that I've started doing is the examine. And let me tell you, like spiritual disciplines, like I said, do not come natural to me because every time I think of a spiritual discipline, I'm like, Oh, it feels so restraining. And you know, but one of my favorite quotes is, you know, may your life be well ordered. So your art can be wild. Mm -hmm. And really the examine has been one of those practices that have really started to transform my prayer life because it makes me, and I think why it transforms my prayer life is I was already praying, but I think this is such a great tool that it integrates my prayer life. It takes the emotional and the spiritual, you know, and the human and brings it all together for me, which I had a part, like I could be really good in the emotional or really good in the spiritual. I'm still trying to grasp the physical and exercise four days a week. We'll talk about that later, <laughs> but anyway, and it just to integrate all of them. And so what does it look like? So it made me look at the end of my day and really take time to pause, which is not and now I'm like a go, go, go girl. So to pause at the end of my day, like I start my day with prayer, but at the end of my day and to really pause and process because I will go through a day and not process what's happened. So the way I do it is Ignatius teaches you the first time to, you know, like say God is here. So, Hey Jesus, you're here. Great. I'm so happy to be with you. But, and then second part is gratitude, which has been huge to thank myself, like just go through what I'm grateful for the day. And I switched it up a little and said, where did I see in my gratitude? Where did I see God's beauty today? Mm. You know, and it changes the disposition of my heart when I come, you know, it says we enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Amen. And I get into his presence when I am grateful and it takes all my little mm. just moments in the day mm -hmm. and I just place them to him. And then one of the other things I do is like the second step is pray to, you know, understand how God is acting in your life. And uh, my spiritual director and the examine that he gave me when I first started doing it, it says, where did I experience God's truth today? Mm. You know, the truth of who he is and the truth of who I am today. And where did I believe a lie in who he is or who I am today? Mm -hmm. And guys, can I just tell you when I write that down and when I'm consistent in that, I mean, it's a game changer, Amen. you know, because I really stop and I transform. And I was telling the ladies before I started doing it, asking my kids these questions, like little modified. So tell them, yeah, tell them how you do that. Cause that's really cool. So I was asking my daughter earlier and she was having a hard day. I said, where did you see God's truth today? Like who you were? And she's like, what? You know? And then I asked her and she said, well, I was, I said, well, where'd you see a lie? And it's so, isn't it amazing that we could tell the lies before we can tell the truth so quickly? Oh, we can yeah. point that out so quickly. And mm -hmm. she said, well, this little mm -hmm. girl did this to me and da, 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 and said this. I'm like, okay, that's not truth. Who are you in this situation? And so mm. we talked about it, but I was like, okay, these are the tools that are game changers, especially like as we're forming our own hearts, but as we're forming other people's hearts or as we're in relationship with other people, like we can point out what is truth and what is lie, you know? And then one of the other questions I always say is, where did I speak truth into other people's life today? And um, I noticed last week there was like four days in a row where I didn't speak truth into anybody's life. So I was like, we should probably work on that. <laughs> you know, shouldn't we? And then, you know, and where did I see God's goodness today? And like what situation? You know, like I always go with beauty, truth, and goodness. And where did I see God's goodness? And then at the very end, I always say, okay, looking for tomorrow, how may, I, how can I co-create with God some beauty, truth, and goodness in my life and the lives of those I love, Amen. you know? And so that is how I do it. And we'll have this written out for you all yeah, just both, to go through. Yeah. yeah. Both and, practices will be all. Yeah. And so, but just when you start answering those questions, 
one, when you stop and pause and take the time and it takes 10 minutes. I mean, it can take longer or shorter, but really it could take 10, 15 minutes. But when I end my day that way, instead of ending it with a screen, mm-hmm. you know, when I end it with Sela and I pause instead of a screen, it is a game changer for me. When I start my day with scripture and I end my day with Sela and putting those two bookmarks mm-hmm. into my life, it is such a game changer for me where I can see the movements of God and I can start detecting them in my life and I can start to see spiritual progress, you know, not perfection. I mean, long ways away from perfection, but I can start to see spiritual progress. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that it begins with gratitude because that isn't often most of us, our natural inclination is to start things with gratitude just in general, like to start our day with gratitude or start our conversations with gratitude, never mind start our prayer with gratitude. And I, it changes things. It's something that I've been working on for a long time and have to continue to work on, but to recognize the goodness of God everywhere throughout my day um, has been a tremendous blessing. It is one of the things that is bearing some of the biggest fruit in my life is to be able to notice where God is. Because again, it's a continual reminder when you see him in your day and you see him all throughout what you're going through, you, you remember he's close. He's involved. He cares. He wants to be involved in the details of life. And it's a discipline that I, too, have been teaching my children because I, I think it is something that can be taught. It's a, it's a discipline. And um, I love the book by, um, it's called A Thousand Gifts. And Voskamp. Oh, and Voskamp. And Voskamp. Yeah. That book changed my so life. Good. That changed my life. It took me a while to read it. She's not Catholic, but she's very Catholic friendly and has a lot of similar. Oh, definitely. Yeah, similar words so that good. she uses. So she's very easy for Catholics to understand. But the wisdom that is in the journey of that book, of her beginning to, it's like she started a journal of a thousand things that she had to write down. Uh, gratitude to God. And as she began, it was really hard. You know, the first day it's really hard. And then it started to be easier. And then it became an experience where the scales fell from her eyes and she could see him everywhere, everywhere. And, and that's what I think is, is very true is that if we're willing to cultivate gratitude in our life, if we're, and, and this is what this discipline helps us do. It's part of a process. So you start with step one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't have the steps, sometimes we miss it. You know, we'll just go into whatever we're, we're just responding and reacting to our emotions or our tiredness or, you know, our physical space instead of, no, I need to go through a process. It's a good reminder. So I love that it starts there. And I love that a big part of this is growing in self-awareness because most of us struggle with that. You know, in our world today, we're not taking a lot of time to pause and reflect on why did I do what I what I do? Why did I react that Mm -hmm. way? Why was that such a trigger for me? Because it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but I had a huge response to that. You know, what is going on in my own heart? And that's what these prayer disciplines are doing. Because when we grow in self-awareness, these are the places that we know we need a savior right? Mm-hmm. We're, and we have one. Thanks be to God. So we can invite him into those places and go, Lord, wow, I need you here. Like this is a place of desolation or poverty in me. And I, and I need you to be here. And I'm responding out of my wounds instead of out of your grace and love. Oh, and amen. so these processes allow for transformation to happen if we're not just going through them like a to-do list. But if we're going through them with really an open disposition to the Holy Spirit who is active and wanting to prompt and reveal mm-hmm. and shed light mm-hmm. on things. 
Yes. And these are both very simple things that continue to grow and bear fruit in our life. And it's also something that we can continue to ponder throughout the day. So when you're at the sink doing dishes, when you're sitting at your desk at work, when you're going for a walk, those things come to mind and we continue to chew upon them. You know, we chew upon that one scripture verse that today really spoke to us or the one area that God is really trying to reveal his beauty to us. And so our minds are full of things that are bearing fruit, not things that are either stealing fruit, like, you know, um, like the great enemy of our soul comes to steal, kill and destroy. And so we, we, we talk about this often. There's a great battle within us. So what are we filling ourselves with? And so we just want to offer you and these, all these steps will be in the show notes. So you please don't think you have to write all those things down or we'll have them for you. So you can begin to start that yourself, but just offering something for you just in your own journey to, to deeply feed you, right. To remind you that, that you're loved and that, uh, God is always speaking to us. He's always calling us forth. So, um, oh my gosh, we could talk about these so, so much longer, but we are out of time, uh, today. So we just want to talk about as we always do our one thing for the week. And so since Heather was texting earlier and looking up her, (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally, I'm totally joking. She's such a good girl. Heather, you want to talk about your one thing? I'm just, I'm just totally messing with you. I'm a good person. You are. Um, Yeah. So my one thing is a video that I came across uh, yesterday by Bishop Barron and the Word on Fire team called Christ Calls You to Mission. And it was a video that they made just after he finished his um, tour of the UK And the things that they said, the video was beautiful, but the way that it was worded and even the words that they put out on the screen, like to call your attention to certain things, I I was like, yes and amen. Like all throughout the video, I was getting fired up watching it because really it's like, let's return to Christ. You know, this is what it's about. And, and they're starting a new thing on evangelization, which I just love. And so, yeah, I'm going to post that on the website and I hope everybody will check it out because it's very good. It's very inspiring, but it also brings us back to, to the point of it all, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm going to just have two today because I did think of something while we were talking. (laughs) I know I'm falling in Michelle's footsteps. So um, there's this song called Speak to Me. It was written by Carrie Job, um, but also Bethel does a version of it that's really beautiful. And, and that's been that song actually has been very powerful in my in my own prayer time, um, just asking God to speak. So I'll put that on there as well for anybody who's drawn to that type of prayer. Nice. Michelle, what is your one thing? My one thing is episode appropriate. Ha ha ha. Um, it is the exam and prayer, um, a book by father Timothy Gallagher. And so he has a great book that just came out a little while ago about the exam and prayer Ignatian wisdom, wisdom for our lives today. And he is probably my favorite Ignatian author that there is, um, spirituality and he's just really great. And it's a really great practical book and I love it. If you want to dive into more sister, what is your one thing? Well, my one thing is something that you, the two of you did. I recently had a birthday, so I turned 29 plus 13. And um, (laughs) I was like, well, how did I get this old? Anyway, so no, y'all sent me, you you guys are just, you love me so well. And so Heather sent me this really cute little stand that has some owl, like tea-like holders or succulent holders, which is now in our our living room for everybody to see, which I love. And then Michelle sent me this really cool Wonder Woman coffee mug. It's enormous. And it says, I'm not saying I'm Wonder Woman. I'm just saying that nobody's ever seen us in the same room together. So <laughs> <laughs> that's 
Perfect. So I just want to say thanks to both of you publicly just for the gift that you are in my life. And I counted oh, we love my you. blessings on my birthday and the two of you were at the very top of the list. So I know. I, I actually hated not being with you on your birthday. I was like, we oh. should throw a birthday party. Actually, we, we really watch college football. Yeah, watch yeah. college football. <laughs> and so, yeah. But um, yeah, so happy birthday. Thank you so much. Yeah, I had that same thought except without the college <laughs> Yeah, totally. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, you're so loved, sister. Oh, love we love, love you. you. I'm so grateful for your life. Thanks, y'all. Thank you so much. So, well, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, would you please share it with a friend? And please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. You can find all of our show notes um, in the podcast app, or you can find us um, at abidingtogetherpodcast.com, which goes right to the Ascension podcast uh, website page, or you can go to Ascension and find, um, all of the discussion questions. We have a whole bunch of tools for your toolkit because we love you and we want to keep the conversation going. I just want to remind you that if you want to jump on board and get, uh, Michelle's beautiful journal that will accompany us as we journey through the four women doctors of the church, you can find that journal on meaningful market, her website. So thank you so much for joining us and y'all make some time to pray this week. Even if it's just a few minutes, make some time to pray to let yourself be loved and to be transformed in his gaze. So thank you for coming along with us on the journey this week. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you.